Greetings, cluster bums and aether babies. You're listening to 197.2 Pirate Radio. Yar, matey. This is Reality Checks with Con and Dex. News from the void you can't avoid. I'm the imp you hate to simp for, Mag Dex the Insufferable. And I'm Conrad Wisely, your voice of reason in an unreasonable world. We just sniped some red-hot league transmissions and they're burning a hole in our mutual parking. So ease into the front of your moist seats and open your third eye, because a galleon of truth is coming in for a landing. We've also got a one-hour noise void featuring the four-voiced, two-membered Etten Barber Shop Quartet, the Foreheads, ready to croon and swoon you likely to your doom. But first, we'd like to take a moment to talk to you about fiber. While the moral kind can help you navigate between good and evil, the dietary kind can help last night's wyvern enchiladas navigate their way to your colon. So I got a question. Have you been eating your daily recommended amount of fiber? If not, your toilet could turn in to a throne of death. Lack of daily fiber can result in constipation, IBS, heart disease, and diverticulosaurus. Diverticulitis. Divers tincture lighter. Diverticulitis. That too. Check with your doctor or dietitian to make sure you're getting enough of the F on your food grades. Or you might not poop yourself to death. This message has been brought to you by the team for fiber awareness research. And Big Duncan's Oats and Sprouts. Fiber in every sackful. Yikes, that was one hell of a rough ad read. Was it worth it? Don't complain on the air, Dex. That sprout money's keeping us airborne. I'm just saying. They should have called themselves the Fiber Awareness Research Team. Fart! It's right there! And that brings us to the juicy league intercept you've all been champing our bits for. Word from Kane Outpost 3 is that Bronze Herald and her crew of five daring league corsairs were sent on a time-sensitive mission to explore a recently discovered void cove. They were told to give it the old lookover for valuable resources that the industry fat cats can mill down into profit, like so many big Dunkin' Oats. Void Cove? Sounds like a nightclub for single uncles. A Void Cove's an aether anomaly. Kind of like a pocket in reality that opens up to another place, or perhaps even another time. And even though they've been known to snap shot in a heartbeat, when you get the chance to feel one out with all five fingers, you go for it. But that's not where this story gets red hot. Do tell. I haven't failed to send any communications back to the HQ. The Bronze Herald is registered as AWOL. And being impatient money smooches that they are, the League wasted no time in throwing another man-powered dot at this puckering cosmic hole. Okay, now that sounds like a nightclub for single uncles. We'll bring you more updates on the missing crew and their sub-boss substitutes the moment it's available. And since we got some time to kill before an hour of non-stop harmonizing, let's take a peek at the old mediagraph and see how that maelstrom's faring in nitrocylic space. I have to admit, this whole Storm Chaser vibe's got me feeling like I'm 38 again. I mean 28. <sighs> the thrill. The power. It looks like she's in full swing. Then she started wreaking havoc in the wraith wield. <laughs> those big dumb trees won't know what hit him. It's gonna be a bumpy night for those shadowy cats in the undercities of Southern Nidrasil. Stay safe, folks. My darling said to me, said to me, how I wonder It doesn't take more than an hour to fully land and anchor your ship onto one of the largest landmasses you find. You can see what's left of what was once a road leading off towards the center of the landscape. 
riddled with fissures. The time has come to gear up and prepare to disembark. Darlu is testing the strength and string of his new longbow and looking at it with pride. Foe has no bandage on his hand anymore and is flexing the scarred tissue. He opens his hand and fire appears in it, filled with literal fireflies. The bees! <laughs> I think I've got the handle on this now. We don't know what we're walking into, but we know we have to survey. Keep your eyes open and try to stay tight. Mr. Kithkin, if danger happens, no running off this time. He gives you a tentative thumbs up with his burned hand. Perhaps it would be wise if one of us stayed behind and protected the heart. Hopefully that applies to the rest of the ship too, Sir Troth. Of course. You plant yourself here and make certain nothing untoward happens. We wouldn't want to end up like those folks we saw what coming in, eh? Exactly my thinking. Good. Thanks for volunteering. Wouldn't want anybody on a ship to do anything dishonorable, would we? There is also lots of fresh soil that I can bring aboard. Yeah, You want me to uh, bring the wheelbarrow? (laughs) (laughs) How about we finish our land surveying first before we bring unknown things onto the ship? That seems prudent. So the four of you set out along the broken road inland towards the sad remnants of a mountain with a microforest growing at its base. It's like a snapshot of one fraction of a world much larger, a fully realized thing divided down to its lowest denomination. Who leads the group traveling forward on foot? Darlu will take point. I would love for you to roll me a perception check. Oh, God, maybe I shouldn't. Do I break my curse this episode? I do! That's going to be a 15 total. Moving at a reasonable pace, after less than an hour of walking, you spy a glint in the road. Something small covered in trail dust, catching the light of the distant stars. Lida. Aye? Something's reflecting. I'm going to point out the shining thing. Seems like your uh, area expertise. I'll go take a look. Be careful. Drawn as gobs be due to a shiny in the road. <laughs> Upon closer examination, you realize that it is a tiny magnetic compass. It is pretty damaged and the needle is slightly bent, but it points east towards the mountain in the distance. Every, every needle I've seen points slightly to one direction or the other. Ooh, you're mine. The further inland you get, the more the cold broken stone of the floating landmasses becomes replaced with half-formed fields of grass broken up like jigsaw puzzles as the land gently drifts apart slowly. And at long last, you come to where the base of the mountain meets the small, coniferous forest. Carved into the face of the hillside is a large metal door, upon which is written a series of words that looks like a story. Now I don't know what's telling me this, but I think that's where we need go. Carefully picking his way forward, Darlu approaches the door and examines it. Far heroes heard the tale of Fort Zega. They put west behind them and rode for ten days. They descended the stairs and hallways, fighting their way through. Each chamber they faced challenged their every skill, and each ended with a locked portal, for which the key had to be earned. Each trial harder than the last. It was the memory of those dearest to them that gave them the strength to carry on. And in the end, they reached the vault, as many were destined to do. 
The story told in their trials was the final key, and therein they found far-glowing stars, or died trying. As the final words of the short story are spoken, the door lurches open. A long staircase descends into the face of a mountain. Ha <laughs> ha! A poem puzzle! Team, we're in luck. This is a very experimental bit of dungeon mastering. We are going to enter what I'm calling a dungeon crawl skill challenge. Ooh. I will explain the mechanics of each room as they come up. I'm not going to explain. <laughs> That's all you get. Get fucked, team. Coming down a wide set of stone steps, you enter a long hallway that feels unnaturally wide for how low the ceiling is. The moment you pass the threshold of this underground place, the walls and floor seem to pulse and tingle with power. It clings to you like pool chalk. There is an untouched nature to the very stone and tile that feels absent of dust and cracking. The hallway ends some hundred feet off, with a set of metal double doors in the center of a wide arch, like the pupil of an eye. The floor of the hallway is a breathtaking pattern of blue and red tiles, barely faded with time and traced with light geometric lines. It feels like a mild static shock dances from your heels to the tip of your nose for just a moment as the room screams to life. The walls fold open in sheets like hidden windows, and the tiles of the floor begin to spin and twist like some cursed carnival game. Just as the stairs under your feet fold in, forming an alarming slope, which you now slide down towards the mobilized chamber. Let's roll initiative. Fuck yeah. Hey. Did anyone get above a 20? 21. Above a 15? 16. 18. And process of elimination means that Daru will take the rear. 10. Mm-hmm. So I would love each of you to use one of your skills to explain how you attempt to bypass this strange mechanical room. The tiles of the floor are spinning and there are wide openings along the walls. The first is Gigil. Gigil is going to try and shimmy along these gaps on the walls to see if they are safe. If it's not difficult, I will inspect it for hazards. But if it seems like a difficult task, I would like to use athletics. Uh, I will let you choose between either a perception or athletics check to move along the very lip of the wall against the openings. I would like to test the physical capabilities of this, so an athletics check. Let's see it. Um, am I allowed to use features as if, like, spells? Flavor things, yes. Absolutely. Yes. So before he begins scaling, somewhere around shoulder height of Gigil... Lava begins to erupt from small portals. Mm. Uh, they then harden more eruptions, layer after layer, until fists form. You awaken your astral body. And with my astral awakened body, I'm going to use wisdom athletics. Very good. Let's see that skill. That is a natural 20 for 25. God damn. Ooh. Good Christ. You find it difficult to find a lip of the wall because the tiles themselves run across the full surface of the hallway. But using deft footwork, you leap from spinning tile to tile, observing the windows that open up, realizing that there are huge 
mechanical devices beyond them, which launch out spears pressed by hydraulics at an alarming rate, which you duck and weave, and a couple of which that strike you melt and snap as they strike your astral magma. But you make your way mostly across the room, avoiding these death traps. That brings us to Lida Bug. Trapped room, moving floor, <laughs> please. Don't forget the hydraulic spears. <laughs> oh, I won't. I'm going to use survival and just go for it. I'm going to try to shimmy across these tiles, hopping from thing to thing and avoiding anything that comes at me. I love it, but I'm going to have you make me a dexterity survival check because this very much sounds like being quick on your feet. Dang. <laughs> You're welcome to contest this if that doesn't seem fair. No, that I'm... is perfectly reasonable. Yeah. <sighs> Feel the need for speed. Twelve. You realize that several of the tiles that you're trying to jump from one to the other on, being much smaller than your allies, actually, when they flip, they don't just fling you from side to side, but they actually produce gouts of fire. Your eyebrows singed and your armor heating rapidly as you barely avoid these licks of flame. Yeah! Oh, I'm just a little guy! I'm just a little guy! And you see Lita flung back and forth as they make their way from one end of the hall to the other. <laughs> that brings us to Faux Kithkin. <sighs> looking at my skills, looking at my skills. Yeah, physical challenges as charisma characters. I feel you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I'm going to tap into my core, my experience being in the dream. I'm going to feel out the energy of the space and then I'm going to channel a chaos bolt to pinpoint exactly where I can hit this thing to either slow it down or stop it. Okay. Looking for a point of high energy or anything like that. Uh, if you're into it, I'm thinking charisma sleight of hand. Charisma being your spell casting ability mod. Mm -hmm. I like it. Okay. You're, you're magically disabling things by reading their energy. Exactly. And I figure a chaos bolt literally disrupting energy. That is a four plus five. Ooh. One of the downsides of chaos bolt is once it is manifested, it chooses to take the element of its own will. And as you send it out, the one you roll happens to be electricity. Hey, which charges the spears like tasers and sends the tiles into a frenzy of high-speed whirring as the mechanisms burst to life. Well, fuck yeah, I made it better. Darlu gives Foe a long and slow judgmental look. Oh, I should get a job as a mechanic, eh? <laughs> that brings us to Daru. Well, this dungeon reacted to a story once. Let's see if it'll do it again. Puffing out his chest, Darlu says... So quick she were on her feet, all their arrows missed. So quick she were on her feet, fire didn't yet even burn the tip of her tail. So quick she were on her feet, their shouts never caught her ears. Legendary was the quickness of Taltiu. I'm going to activate a little bit of my kinetic jaunt to keep my own personal pace with the now quickened danger in the hallway. <laughs> and I am going for an acrobatics check. Interesting. That sounded like a performance check as you are reciting a story. I'd be happy taking a performance check and trying to move along with it, too. I'd love to see a dexterity performance check. Ooh, fuck yeah. All right. Two plus four is six. Mm -hmm. 
Fuck. For a moment, against all odds, it seems as though some of the mechanisms actually respond to your story. As though the tiles flip to make it more convenient for you to pass. And then rising to the challenge of your own boisterousness, they all fling you towards the wall (laughs) where you are struck by charged electric spears, some of which are now firing across into the opposing opening of the wall. The four of you make it to the opposite side, but take some damage along the way. Battered and bruised, I'm going to look at Foe and say, this is your fault. Oh, sorry, I should have tried talking to it like you did. Yeah. In the process of bypassing this trapped chamber, you all take two points of damage, but you make it to the opposing side. Rude. What kind of damage? It doesn't matter. (laughs) I'm going to say piercing. Hey. Oh, that affects me. What awaits you on the other side is the large double iron door, and you quickly realize that there is a keyhole that is required to open it. Who found a key? Well, I remember something about the um, story of the trials being the key. You are right. Look at me, remembering things. Tried their best, each and all. The one whose form lacks definition and substance called upon the power of the mountains themselves to clear his way and found it so. Though small, they are resilient, they whose mind is on machine and bounced like a ball to the end. The challenge rose in its mane and fury to the last two whose tongues were silver, but bodies were malleable at best. (laughs) The door does not respond to your words. Fuck. Of one thing you are certain, this keyhole is very mechanical. Maybe you should try tonguing it with your silver. (laughs) Right. Lida, lick the door. Little (laughs) lock-a-lingus. Whoa there, I'm not some street licker. Aren't you? No! Uh, Being the one who interacted with the tiles the most out of the group, I'm going to have Lita roll me a perception check. Thirteen. All right. Looking back, still fascinated by the mechanisms of this bizarre carnival-like room, you realize one of the tiles near the middle, as it flips back and forth rapidly, you see a metal key embedded into it, back into the spears and the fire. Ah, dang. Uh, There's a key over there. Well, we tried. Good hustle, team. <laughs> and there they lived for all time. Look, I'm I'm willing to try to go and get it, but it's, give me a little little bit longer. Nita, have some water and sit down. At the thought of water, she retches. God, God's damn it. <laughs> the vomit immediately slapped and flung <laughs> to and fro by rotating tiles. Oh, you got it on the key. <laughs> Go ahead and try to press the digitation that away. <laughs> and as he does so, he goes, I used to have a spectral hand that followed me around and spanked my bottom whenever I told a lie. Unfortunately, I cured that curse. We had very different childhoods. <laughs> You are all aware of where the key is. The task now is to grab it. Gidgel, oh, you think this one has your name all over it? Happy to oblige. Knowing now a bit more of the pattern of the hydraulic spears and flipping tiles and rotating tiles, may I make a acrobatics check? I would love that. <laughs> that is an 18 total. Whew. 
Show off. Moving like swift fluid, you weave under spears and around rotating tiles, and with a quick roll, come up with the metal key in your hand, returning to your allies. I do one little step of the wind where I hop off of one of my own magma hands. Mm. (laughs) Very cool. The key definitely looks like the perfect fit for this door. But it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha ha. Wrong key, idiot. (laughs) The key is you requested, Captain. Taking the magically cleaned key very carefully and putting it into the lock, I open the door up. As you rotate it, the door seems to respond, springing to life, and the key pops back out into your hand as it lurches open. Oh. The large set of iron doors swing open, smooth, and with minimal grinding, as though cared for often, oiled and leveled. It is a torch-lit series of hallways that follow with thick red woven rugs, dressing them from end to end. Fresh oil-soaked torches burn in sconces on the wall, and old faded portraits of figures in armor and robes adorn them. They are nobody to you, but they do have quite a regal presence. The hallways are silent. Their lack of dust and presence of fresh-lit torches is deeply unsettling. They split off in several directions, up narrow twisting stairs and down similar hallways. You finally come to another set of iron doors. They too swing open without protest, and the chamber before you has a huge domed ceiling supported by pillars that seem to bend in geometric spirals, silver against a deep blue. A series of tall glass pillars stand by the dozens around this chamber. Inside of each is clean blue water, with tiny fish swimming about within the cylindrical tanks. The pattern on the floor is composed of bending dark squares on a canvas of polished white, creating a kind of optical illusion that the center of the floor is sinking into the ground. The metal door on the opposite side is like a perfect mirror of the one you step through. And when you enter the room, the static once again travels up your body. But this time, the door behind you slams shut, and the sound of grinding stone fills the chamber, as the bottom of the pillars retract, and the water inside begins to flood the room and rapidly start spiraling into a kind of tenacious whirlpool. We are once again back into the skill challenge to make it to the other side. At the top of the skill challenge initiative, we return to Gigil, our wettest boy. Now bewetted far beyond any wetness previously wetted. (laughs) Gigil is going to take his astral arms of magma and interlock them at the fingers. Palms open, creating somewhat of a boogie board. (laughs) Oh, good. Steam hisses upward as the hot astral magma lands on the water. Then, using Step of the Wind and the Arms of the Astral, I'm going to try and surf alongside the Whirlpool in the proper direction. Okay, you're going to Johnny Tsunami this. Uh, Ooh, but I should be smart about this. Before I do this, is there a key? Would you like to substitute your boogie boarding with a perception check? I would like, what am I doing? Yes. Uh, So go ahead and roll me a perception check. So right before Gidgel is about to jump into the whirlpool, hmm, oh wait, where should I be heading? That is a 16 for perception. All right. Observing the vortex of water, trying to plan your route to potentially boogie board to the other side, you see amongst the torrent a sphere of wood floating on the surface, a small thing like a tiny buoy, clearly attached to it as a small chain with a key on the end of it. So in planning this with your makeshift astral surfboard, Uh, You manage to follow 
circumnavigate the room a few times following the vortex and snatch up the key before making it to the other side. The water seems to be rising, and that brings us to Lida Bug. Panicking and beginning to flail wildly in the rising water. Ah, I'm still too small for this! I'm really, I'm really not very excited to plunge this dunge anymore. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to try to swim across with athletics. Okay. Fifteen. Wonderful. You begin to try to fight the current of this swirling water. And thankfully, there is a version of past Lita that planned ahead in case you got dropped into a deep pool of water that installed tiny jet streams into your gauntlets that help to propel you across to like giant metal life rafts. And you slam into the opposing wall, head shaken. That brings us to Fokithkin. Please, no lightning. Please, no lightning. I'm getting fucking tired of these machines. Foe's going to ready an Eldritch Blast of sharp coins and try to attack the source of the water and see mm. if maybe I can turn it off. Basically doing exactly what I did last time, but with a different spell because I can't trust elements. All right. What are you ro- looking to roll for this? Um, I'm thinking, I guess religion uh, or, you know, arcana. Yes. All right. Let's do a charisma arcana check. I'm not trained in shit. <laughs> Throw Darylou in there. Make a strength religion check like old times. Fuck! That is a 10 plus 3. It's not incredibly effective, but you do manage to blast a large hole in one of the closest pillars, causing the water to not spill rapidly from the bottom, but start to shoot out of the top, creating just enough of an opening to lessen the current that you can move through, collecting tiny pieces of broken glass in your robes along the way. Boom. Awesome. That brings us to Daru. Darlu has talked about his rope skills in the past and suddenly needs to stand on that particular hill. Mm. Taking out his length of rope and trying to tie a nice, big, heavy ball in one end, my goal is to throw it and loop one end of it around one of the, like, angular geometric pipes, you said, were sort of latticed through the ceiling. The pillars, yeah, are, like, wrapped up where it above, or the, so, the, where the dome of the ceiling is. Okay, cool. Can I hook my rope around one and try to swing across? I would love to see a, let's call it a sleight of hand check. That's what I was hoping to. Yes! Finally not garbage! 19. Beautiful. You do manage to loop the rope around one of these strange bending geometric pillars that meets with the top of the ceiling and clearing the vortex altogether, tucking your legs as close to your ass as you can, tail getting wet, you all manage to collide with the opposite wall where the current is weakest. Gigil with key in hand. And buoy. And buoy. Safety key for boatmen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how come uh, Lita didn't just float on that over? Aren't you just a little guy? <laughs> just a little gob. <laughs> Gigil, if you would. I will do the honor and place the key in the hole. Again, the key turns easily and spits the key back out as the door begins to lurch open. As the black... Markings on the floor turn into actual drains, and the water begins to flood away. Beyond this, there is a long hallway with white marble floors and walls, with rich blue carpeting and black geometric patterns woven into it. The portraits on the wall in this hallway resemble silhouettes obscured by a mist in sets of four. Each one unique, but no one figure is distinguishable from the others. After half of the hallway passes, there are only blank canvases hanging along the walls. 
and as this hall ends, it leads to a steep descending staircase of white marble. As you follow the steps down, they meet at 45 degree angles, with new sets of stairs continuing, forming a kind of octagonal pattern if looked at from above, which continues deeper and deeper into the earth. When the stairs finally end, you emerge into a large open courtyard, with tall gray stone pillars and trees with dark bark and thick green leaves. The grass is tall and peppered with red and blue flowers and smooth marble benches. But the sky above is false, an intricately painted mural of the night sky, so real that for a moment you forgot you were underground. But it's not the false sky tableau that catches you off guard, but the small group of knights who have assembled here, kneeling in the tall grass, engaged in prayer. They wear well-kept chain armor and tabards of crimson and azure. They are not young squires, but aged warriors with mustache and beard. And the moment you come into view, they stand to their feet, sword and shields already in hand. And one speaks up. The four heroes made their way through Fort Ziaga to enter the vault inside. But they would find the noble order of knights in this place eager to defend their home. It is a great honor to be defeated at the hands of one of the four heroes, but a greater honor still to kill one in combat. Let those who find victory today be blessed with honor and find passage to the central chamber, where their triumph will flourish in the presence of the High Knight, the Priestess, and the Countess. It's going to break Sir Trough's heart, really, as he missed this one. <laughs> the others respond in an unwavering unity. Glory to the vault! Glory to the four heroes! Glory to our death! And they charge as one. We are still in a skill challenge, but for this one, you can substitute your skill roll for an attack check or spellcasting check for a slightly higher DC. Hmm. So, there are a group of elderly knights charging you in this false underground garden. The top of the skill challenge slash combat initiative, we have Gigil. As they are charging, Gidgel instinctively does a small bow of respect. These knights have been very cordial in their intent. I would have your names for this duel to be inscribed into history. At the same time, running towards a bench, my aim is to grab them with my astral arms and slingshot them to break the, the formation that they have. Excellent. Uh, would you like to roll an attack check or potentially an athletics check? Athletics. Great. Please roll for me. And in response, they call back, To be part of the Eternal Dungeon is to forfeit one's title. It's pretty nice, pretty nice. That is a 13. Because it was a skill check, that meets the DC. Ooh. So using their momentum against them, you grab the nearest one, flinging it back and throwing it into a couple of the knights who are pursuing your group. That brings us to Littabug. Oh, well, this I can do. Lita is going to reach over onto her back where she unveils something that was previously hidden among her packs and accessories. A flamethrower. What you see is something that was once a trombone. Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> Has since been straightened out and wound into a tight spiral. The mouthpiece removed, it now feeds to a strange tube. You're not sure what it does or where that connects to. But moments later, Lita honks out <laughs> a hot stream of grease. Wow. Honking was, out a hot stream of grease. I was not expecting grease. <laughs> <laughs> Whose chamber pot was that in? 
<laughs> I would like to roll Tinker's tools. Please roll Tinker's <laughs> tools to begrease these old knights. <laughs> it's a grease lightning bolt. Ooh. The joints were not uh, <laughs> <laughs> well attached enough, I'm afraid. What's your as, total? <laughs> uh, the total is seven. This beta test has turned into a recall <laughs> as the hot grease shoots out of the singular holes of the trombone <laughs> in all directions, creating a spicy sprinkler system that bathes you and your allies in kind of above room temperature grease. <laughs> Can we go back to the water now? That brings us to Fokithkin. He steps forward and using kind of a minor illusion, he conjures an aura of threat. This shadow that seems too large and too vile for a creature so small. And he says, Oi, geriatric gentry. There are fates worse than death, and what I will do to your corpses will bring you no honor. And I'm going to go ahead and use an Intimidate. Okay. Kaboosh! Not amazing, but pretty good. 13. <laughs> okay. Several of them take pause at the sight of this aura, this dark visage that hangs over you menacingly. And these are... Men trained in courage, but your magic is something they've never seen before. That brings us to Darlu. Coming from a culture of people who struggle and strive together, I'm going to try to get between the group of knights and understand their tactics enough so I know when to move so their strikes will hit one another instead of me. I'm going for a dexterity history check here. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. It's very perception-y sounding, but I like the history part. So either dexterity or wisdom history. Excellent. I'm going to go for dexterity history. Okay. And I have expertise in this skill. <laughs> three. Don't do that to me. <laughs> it's like a three, but plus 14, and then an additional <laughs> plus six, 23. Okay. You remember seeing old images of different sword fighting styles for one-on-one -on -one combat, and you realize that these figures are very much trained in a similar fashion. You know their moves. And calling out to your allies, you help instruct in this conflict. I would like each of you to just quickly narrate for me overcoming one or two of these foes to describe your victory. Using the stretchy and grasping limbs of Gigil and correct tail placement and knee slaps from Daralu. These warriors are pulled in together as close as possible before the howling bowling ball that is lit a bag slides through the ground and starts to take them out at their shins and ankles. Mm. Once they are all downed and scrambling, foe will kneel and relieve them of their curse of eternal life. Mm. <laughs> Did you just become immortal? <laughs> no, <laughs> I am basically going to use the chill touch and kind of remove the thing keeping them here tied to this plane. So as they are entangled, outweaved, and collided with by a goblin bowling ball, they all fall to the ground, scattered and disoriented, and then a kind of calm, necrotic energy settles over them, and they seem to drift off into a deep coma-like sleep, their bodies slowly, slowly withering. 
and you notice the one who first spoke to you has a key hanging around his neck, now laying defeated by your team. Well, that was the first time we proper worked together. Good job, crew. Not bad. I'm going to try to grab the key, mm-hmm. but it's going to keep slipping out of my hands. <coughs> whoop, whoop, whoop. It's going to just get madder and madder. <laughs> Using your mouth, you can unlock the door if you like. <laughs> Holding the key in your gob teeth. As they do their thing, uh, foe kneels and places a Eucharist on each of their foreheads and says, A life is a terrible thing to waste, and a wasteful life is a terrible thing to live. Takes each of them and eats the Eucharists. Mm. Not Ooh. trying to take their curse or anything. Sure. Just, just a good post-battle snack. Yeah. Just, you know. Mm. Uh, and in doing so, he is going to cast Fiendish Vigor on himself. Uh, a false life, as it were. Very good. That is a three plus four for seven. Hell yeah. Now have a shield of temporary hippins. Proceed. Okay. Using a bit of oral dexterity, the key is inserted. There we go. Uh, which responds to the turning of the newest key, popping it out. But this one does not proceed into a long, splendid hallway with portraits, sconces, and woven rugs. It descends into darkness. Cracked stone, raw cavern walls, crawling with insects, and cold. The stairs are narrow and difficult to follow due to the combination of darkness and the uneven construction. The feeling of spider silk constantly tickles at your cheeks and ears as you seem to endlessly walk through more and more strands spitting and pawing at your face. At long last, the stairs even out into a long winding passage. The walls are immensely tall and filled with carved out shelves by the hundreds reaching upward some 30 feet. These carved niches each house a decayed human body bound in linen, many of which have a rusted sword and shield laid across their chest. Others are draped in dark vestiges, but the most unsettling are those hanging from the ceiling on inverted iron crosses. Humans, elves, dwarves, all manner of humanoid, crucified, hanging head down, clearly drained of all blood, and nude, decayed bodies painted with images resembling armor, robes, and other colorful outfits. It seems both cruel and honorific. You've heard stories about the cursed dead before, and how they move when they hunger for life once again, but these ones are as still as the grave as you pass them by. The total number of bodies is staggering to imagine. But you press on rather than think about it. That is, until the air grows too cold to ignore, the shadows draw in too close to fend off with a torch, and the whispers that echo through these ancient passages tickle your ears. This is a place of honor. This is a place of death. This is the notches on the wall in the great cycle of the eternal dungeon. Fort Ziaga welcomes you, heroes. May your fate match those that have come before you. The air becomes difficult to breathe, and the voices claw at your sanity. The cold grips at your nerves. We will enter one last skill challenge, but this one is based on your saving throws. I would like you to describe for me how you resist these different forms of creeping sadness and cold, and which save you use to defeat it. Beginning with Gigil. Gigil has many times before had to go into hibernation for the molten season. There is a certain amount of hiding away your physical needs and instead living within. And so 
with this calloused psyche, Gidgel is going to use a wisdom saving throw to still be affected by the cold, but not let that pierce into his soul. Got it. Let's see that wisdom save as you uh, meditate your way through, ignoring the traumas. It's a natural 20 for 23. Jesus Christ. Your second? Hot damn. You become one with yourself. There is nothing but the fluid that makes you in the hallway, moving peacefully, maintaining your reality. Cold and whispers are nothing to you. That brings us to Lita Bug. Lita has dealt with cold before. Lita has dealt with hunger. In the span of the infinite cosmos, goblin physiology is a remarkable thing and its ability to survive and adapt to a myriad of ecosystems and landscapes is almost unrivaled. I'm just going to shut down my brain, trust in myself, and roll constitution. I love it. You survive with feral instinct. Twelve. Beautiful. The cold creeps into your limbs, but you press on one foot in front of the other, waiting for your next payoff. Foe pulls out a snuff box, takes a toot. <sighs> Poor old fool thought the well-dressed gentleman as he watched an old man fish in the puddle outside the pub. So he invited the old man for a drink. As they sipped their whiskeys, the gentleman thought he'd humor the old man and ask, How many have you caught today? And the old man replied, You're the eighth. I'm going to use a charisma saving throw. Mm. Humor and drugs. Yeah. <laughs> Remembering who you are. That is a 20. Ooh, unnatural. Yeah. All right. I am, a, I am an unnatural 20. <laughs> <laughs> With pure presence of self, remembering all the things you have seen and learned, this is just another weird story to tell at a pub down the road. And you notice as you pass one foot in front of the other, that one of the bodies hanging upside down has their hand in a tight grip of rigor mortis, gripping a metal key, which you easily reach. And that will end our saving throw challenge with Darlu. Trying to act quickly and knowing sometimes the best way to counteract an enemy's war cry is to drown it out, Darlu is going to whip his nimble hands as quickly as possible toward the Horn of Orgreer and blow in it as hard as he can <laughs> with a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Trying to be faster than sound. A quick honk. A quick honk. <laughs> I thought you were just going to start screaming and running through the hall. <laughs> Keep your wits about you. <laughs> <laughs> with a 15 total. Ooh. That is the first one that you have succeeded all four with. <sighs> Making your way through the horrible, horrible crypts, feeling that presence of death, you feel your injuries fading away as you were healed. Ooh. Past the trap hallways, the warriors who halted your passage in the cold creeping crypts below the fortress, you come at last to a door of white stone with gold-plated binding. Carved into the surface of the door, you once again see the story of the four heroes the same one that guided you into the dungeon. The symbols hang ominously against the polished white surface, and the gilded keyhole awaits the final key. With no more than a turn, it regurgitates it and the door glides open, as if with a mind of its own into a huge chamber, the chapel of an underground church. The floor is a polished, reflective mosaic of tiles in red and blue with lines of white running through. 
Thick, ornate pillars of polished stone carved with images of dungeon maps rise up along the chapel floor. And there at the far end is a huge door of iron and bronze with a massive hinged handle and four keyholes. The vault. The only thing between you and that door are the warriors who have assembled here to welcome you to the inner chamber. Aether winds and cluster reef, guiding hand of sail and leaf, hear my plea. Seed of promise, soil of home, ship of elm and vase of stone, hear my plea. Take this fate into your hand, guide this vessel to new land. Pollinate and spread your seeds, trees and flowers. Vines and weeds. Use this flesh which soil entombs. Fuel your spark and spread your blooms. One lone soul to us now lost. Blood and bone the cosmic cost. May their death bring hope anew. Cries of thunder, tears of dew. When you collide with lands afar, barren stone or radiant star, make new life that learns to love, both earth below and sky above. Hear our plea, now take your flight, at death of day and birth of night. And when new life you sow has grown, May they send seeds out of their own. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hell, you cuties! In my mid-roll, it's more likely than you think, I am finally recovered from my two-day mental and physical hangover from Bree's birthday. I even got to see some cuties there too, which was awesome. Some of you may have noticed that this season has episode art, drawn by our very own Bree Golden and Law Johnson, and we will be adding full-resolution versions of these to the Patreon very soon. Not sure what tier they're going to be at, but rest assured, it'll be there. If there are any rewards that you personally would like to see in the Patreon or anything that might drive you to a higher tier if it was offered, please go ahead and let us know in the Discord or email or something else. Just give us a heads up. Because honestly, we really want to make sure that contributing feels worthwhile to you. And if, you know, there's any way to bring other people in, every bit of information helps. 
If you're looking for other ways to support the show, be sure to actually listen to the dynamically inserted ads. I know they suck. Nobody wants to listen to ads. Ever. But uh, the system knows if you skip them. And on top of that, if the promo codes aren't used, uh, they tend to pull the campaign from us. So it's, you know, a thing. Uh, obviously, we don't want you like buying products that you don't need just to help us out. It's better to just join Patreon in that case. But if you were already thinking about buying a product and we have a promo code for it, give it a try. The second case of my dark medical fantasy anthology podcast, The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, airs on the 1st of February and the 1st of every month after that. And so far, the numbers are coming through great. It is amazing to see how many fans have been listening and supporting me, and it really means the world to me. That said, I could still really use your help. If you haven't given it a listen, please do so. And if you haven't yet, please give it a five-star review. That kind of stuff is amazing and would be really, really fantastic and help the show on its way to becoming successful and maybe even paying some of my bills. We've said it before. We'll say it again. Please share us, Luck, uh, Thorb, any of the content that we do with your friends or on your socials or anything like that. It means the world. But I've talked your ear off enough. Let's get you back to the action. Introducing a new security device that's guaranteed to keep your home and personal space safe from unwanted invaders or even strangers crossing the line. Protect Tech is the leading pioneers of personal safety devices, and our new product will be the last one you ever need. This metallic egg-sized magical receiver will warn you through vibrations if anyone's near your home, and it will release gentle static shocks if someone is in your personal bubble. And based on your security settings, we'll let out a loud, disruptive horn should any of these criteria be met. And don't worry about having to keep track of it or carry it in your pocket. This state-of-the-art device goes right up your butt. Once nestled securely inside your cake sheath, you can rest assured it will be actively keeping you safe all day long. It doesn't work if it's not in your butt, and we didn't make it that way on purpose. That would be weird. We don't even like butts that much. New Brown Star Backdoor Defense from Protect Tech. Deep security. Spread throughout the chapel of the inner chamber, you see three elderly knights in tabards of blue and red with blades drawn. There are three figures behind them with faces obscured by large hoods of dark blue robes who sing and chant gently as they sway. And standing before the vault door are two tall figures in impeccable finery. A man with long flowing black hair pulled back into a massive bun with dark armor of plate and chain, a red cloak hanging heavy behind him, draped across wide pauldrons. At his side is an elegant woman with short white hair and robes of dark crimson, padded with armored fixtures. Her fingers and neck are adorned with silver and golden jewelry. Their age seems impossible to determine, and their voices ring out. And in the end they reached the vault, as many were destined to do. It was the great honor of those within the inner chamber to have faced many heroes before. And it was their utmost desire to seek this honor once more. And it is the blood of the heroes and those brave who fall in their path that will write the next verse of the story and seal the vault once more. Let's roll initiative. Who? The foes you face have steel drawn and blood in their eyes. 
We begin the initiative with Darlu. Gidgel, get in there and get their attention. I'm going to give Gidgel a bardic inspiration. Then turn to the one in the back of the room. Uh, no thanks. I'm writing my own story. And I'll respond with a shot from my longbow. Okay. At the, uh, the knight or the woman in robes? Let's do the lady in robes. Lady in robes. It's, it's a new bow. I haven't really gotten a lot of time to get used to it. Uh, I rolled a one. Ooh, <laughs> uh, you forgot to properly string this bow. You think it might require an action to do so. Mm. Buy me time. <laughs> I'm going to back up one square. Okay. Taking a five foot step back, I'm going to try to get myself space away from them. My turn is over. That brings us to Foe Kithkin. You realize Darlu's bow, not properly strung, is now dismantled, and he struggles to repair it. I love it. Foe draws his cleaver across his burned hand and flings the blood at the knight front and center, hitting him with burning, sanguine curse. His armor begins to smolder with my hex. Ooh, he is behexed. I shall then... Step forward and bring that same cleaver down on him as though homing in on the blood that now spatters his armor. Okay. That is my third 15 in a row for a total of 20. That definitely hits the knight's armor class. Beautiful. He is hexed as well. Unfortunately, I didn't get a 19 on that bad boy, but I do get to add my charisma mod. Love that. Uh, That is going to be a six on the die plus four damage. For 10, and is that including the hex damage? Uh, yes. Beautiful. You carve through his old chain armor as the heat off the blood melts it away, leaving a massive wound, and he seems very injured. That brings us to the old knights and these individuals, which we will call the Trap Singers. I don't love that. That's a bad name. <laughs> From what I understand, SoundCloud is full of trap singers. <laughs> we will start with the trap singers. The one with hands raised to the sky sings a song of biting teeth and clanging steel as they channel a song of fangs. Let's see who it targets. <laughs> Sonata Dentata! <laughs> <laughs> as they summon a song of fangs against Lida Bug. I need you to make me a strength saving throw. You're the one that's supposed to do the biting. I am supposed to do the biting. Oh, gob. (laughs) Four. (laughs) Beautiful. The dungeon itself responds to the song, and a trap is born beneath your feet that has always been there waiting to be called out to. As iron teeth snap shut around your feet, and a kind of bear trap clings to your frame. You take four points of piercing damage, and until this has been removed, your speed is halved. It will take an action to remove it. Oh, God. The one in the middle sings a song that hurts your ears with heat like the day sun baking into your flesh. Coming in at Darlu, there is a song of flame. Don't like that. I need you to roll me a dexterity saving throw. Oh, 23, baby. Get your fire out of here. Fumbling to reattach the string of your bow, you feel pressure building on the tile you're standing on. And jumping out of the way, a gout of fire shoots up, barely missing you. 
singeing the end of your cloak. You take no damage. Hell yeah. That is an all or nothing ability. Fuck off, I'm busy. And the last one sings a song of stingers. Targeting Foe Kithkin. <gasps> a hole in a wall opens against the far side of the room that has perhaps always been there that fires out a poisonous dart. This is just an arranged attack roll. <laughs> All right, that is a 12. That is not going to do it. All right, you step back barely as you see a series of poisonous darts whiz past you and embed themselves into the opposing wall. And their three songs, while discordant, do seem to match in some horrible way. Then the knights will respond, moving forward to attack. The two on each side run forward towards Litabag and Gigil. The first one coming down at the goblin tenaciously... Honor to the heroes! Honor to our death! Uh, that is an 11, which I don't believe it's your armor class. It does not. And against Gigil, a 23. Does it? You take six points of slashing damage as a longsword connects with your gelatinous frame, cutting deep. The last one does not have to charge forward because foe is already in his face. Hey! And holding his shield at the ready, he holds back his hand and brings forward his blade swiftly. For a total of 20 dirty. Uh, that definitely hits. For four points of slashing damage as the longsword connects with your nasty boy flesh. It carves away at the imaginary flesh that I have put over my real flesh. Uh, the <laughs> faux the faux lesh. Ah, leather. The two in front of the vault door have not yet acted, but that brings us to Gigil. Since the knights got the drop on them and engaged with the back line before Gigil could do anything. I'm going to then just swing my section staff onto the knight in front of me. Okay. That's going to be a 21 to hit. That Woo. connects with his thick armor. Um, that is going to do eight points of damage. The wind has been knocked out of his elderly lungs, but he remains fighting. I will then follow it with a martial arts unarmed attack. Most good. Um, that is going to be a 15 to hit. 15 just misses as he brings his shield up in time to block your wet fist. Then perhaps I shall bardically inspire. Ooh! There we go. That instead becomes an 18 to hit. Which does hit. How does your inspiration pop out and help my magma paunch? As I'm leaning low to string my bow, I see you getting ready for a swift sort of backhanded punch toward them that I know is going to fall just a little bit short, so I'll lean forward, press my shoulder into your back, and push you forward a little bit more. Mm. The old friend trip. Exactly. <laughs> All right, what's the damage on your unarmed strike? Against that is going to be four points of fours. All right, one of his eyes is blackened and seeping a bit of blood, and he grits his teeth and seems to be staggered, but continues to fight. Um, uh, my key point. So one more attack. <laughs> that is going to be a 20 to hit. A third hit against the Oldman. For four more points of damage. Not Gary Oldman. The Olderman. With a series of concussive strikes, one, two, three, bypassing both shield and blade, you knock the old man unconscious, falling to the ground under the weight of his own armor. There's space on Queen's East. Queen's <laughs> North? Yeah. Would you like to move or remain where you are? Yes. Gidgel is then going to move in between... Lita and Foe to bolster the front line. All right. That brings us to Lita Bug. From the front line to the back door, Lita <laughs> is delighted to see this knight come to her as she's still caught in this uh, snap trap. 
One of her gauntlets flashes and glows pink for a second before she unleashes a powerful punch. That is a crit. Ooh. 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 All right. My goodness. What kind of attack is this? Uh, it is an attack from my thunder gauntlets. Okay. So uh, how do we handle crits in this? For this crit, why don't you do max damage with your first die roll and then add a second one on top of it before adding your modifier? That is 17 points of thunder damage. Jesus Ooh. Christ. As she unloads a goblin high five right into his nethers. <laughs> <laughs> as your small but well-armored fist collides with the chest, and by chest, I have referred to the goblin chest, which is below the belt. <laughs> It explodes with electrical energy, which carries through the chainmail, making him drop his sword and his shield. And he falls to his knees, wheezing smoke pouring out of his mouth. He falls to the ground, unprepared for such a mighty goblin punch. Lita then begins dragging herself forward, trailing this trap behind her as she moves 15 feet in a uh, frontline direction. All right, dragging the trap behind you. Very noisily make your way forward. All right, who's next? <laughs> that brings us to the two in front of the vault door, the high knight and the high priestess. The priestess will move forward gracefully, whispering to herself an incantation as she does. You see the dungeon come to life and the tiles on the floor between Lydda and Gigil reshape, floating upward and forming a blade of stone as she casts spiritual weapon. Ooh. Oh, I hate that. And it strikes out at Lydda. 14. That does not hit. I didn't think so. My AC of 16. Hell yeah. Mm. And the good news is spiritual weapon is a bonus action. So with her action action, uh, she is going to target Gigil with a sacred flame. I need a dexterity saving throw from you. Law, that's not good news at all. Depends who you ask. 17. Ooh, that makes it. So the two of you manage to evade the high priestess's spells, but she's just getting warmed up. As the high knight charges forward, moving gracefully with great speed, you see him level a heavy crossbow, which he fires towards the group before casting it aside. He's going to take two shots at Gigil. <laughs> just bringing the heat on this line boy. Love it. That is a 21 and a 20. Yes, those will both hit. <laughs> I just picked someone at random for that one. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Oh, wait, this is a heavy crossbow. Whoops. This is not D8 territory. My bad. Thankfully, I rolled very bad damage, but it does add up to... Uh, hit me with the first one. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. The first bolt that connects is going to deal you five points of damage. I will use my reaction to deflect missiles to okay. prevent ten damage. All right. Would you like to use a key point to throw it back at him? I would not. All right. So with a firm but wet slap, you cast aside the first of the crossbow bolts, the second connecting for another five points of damage. Because they both rolled the same. I am at two HP. Oh, God. Daralu, if you can roll me a sleight of hand check, DC 16, I'll allow you to string your bow as a move action. Oh, I can do that. Kiss me right on the mouth. It's a 22. All right. <laughs> The chaos of the fight kicks in and your adrenaline goes bonkers and your hands string the bow without you thinking about it at all. I swear I know how to use these things. Gigil, toughen up. We got a lot more to go. I'm going to cast a second level healing word on my boy Gigil. Ooh. Level two. For eight HP. 
score. And then take my attention toward the night. Imagine praying to a big stone coffin only just to die in one. You're a fool. Will he make me a wisdom saving throw against vicious mockery? Is this the high night or the other night? The high night. Cool. You said wisdom? Yeah. Let's do it. I rolled a 15, which gives me a 15. <laughs> 15 will pass. All right. Uh, he is far too stoic for your stinging words to belittle him. I am then going to follow my own advice and stick with the group, running toward them and positioning myself behind them. Next in the initiative is foe Kithkin face-to-face with an elderly knight, blades clashing. Little boys who play with fire I like to get burned. The blood that I threw at him begins to smolder ever brighter and then burst into flames as I activate my new invocation, Burning Hex. He just straight up takes my charisma modifier and damage, which is three. Ooh, can't avoid that. His skin is hissing and sizzling. Oh, come on. I thought I was going to get him. It was going to be so cool. <laughs> the toughest old man. <laughs> this is a hard man. You battle old man boot leather. <laughs> Given that he is not immediately felled by my quick wit and hot blood, I'm going to go ahead and ignore him. Bold move, Cotton. <laughs> Fainting as though I'm about to strike him, I instead hurl a handful of jagged coins at the High Knight. All right. In the form of an Eldritch Blast. This turn, he does not have his shield out because he used a crossbow. Hey! That is a 12 plus 5 for 17. It's a good thing he didn't have his shield out. That hits. Hey! (laughs) Beautiful. I love that. Very much for myself. That is going to be a 12... And it's a 12. Hey. Damn. I got a 12 on a D12 for that Eldritch bus. You're not a D10. D10 for oh, sorry. D12. It's okay. Oh, fuck I'm sorry to take that away from you, but that's no, very much the wrong not, die. Not to me. I thought it was D12. That's uh, that's Toll the Dead. Oh, right, 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 right. A 10. Hey. <laughs> well done. Can't take that max roll away. <laughs> I love that very much. So yeah, he's staring down the barrel of 10 coin damage. The hot arcane currency explodes against his armor, and he winces as welts form on his skin at the impact. Like little bee stings. (laughs) That brings us to the one remaining old knight and the trap singers. All three of them will join in unified song as the walls come to life, filling the chamber with poisonous darts. Shit. One against... Foe, one against Lita, and one against Darlu. Oh, no. Let's do that in that order. Uh, 13. Does not do it. <sighs> nope. Doesn't hit Lita, that's for sure. Is that an actual one? You, it was. Ooh. Uh, as you hear just some weird mechanical scraping from inside one of the walls, as it sounds like a mechanism is lodged and smoke starts pouring out of it. And the last one is coming in at Darlu from right behind you. Oh, no. Dog shit on all of them. Ten. <laughs> Ten does not hit. Wow, really bad job, Trap Singers. <laughs> and the last knight who is on his final breath is going to attempt to bury his blade into Kithkin. More like Crap Singers. <laughs> uh, that is a 19 to hit. Hot Douglas. That's uh, definitely a hit. Seven points of slashing damage. Oh, no, it cut through my fancy foe damage and into my real flesh damage. <laughs> Love me some false life. And as the voices of the three trap singers escalate and get louder and louder, 
it seems as though the room itself cries out for your death. My companions and I have found ourselves slowly drifting into a singularity. Once again, I doubt my psychic imprints on these relics will ever reach the debating peaks of Tabia Sedu, should my explorations end here. I am under the assumption that these occurrences will happen frequently, and perhaps these specific musings are unproductive. I joined this endeavor to gather information on the inner workings of Nidrasil, Nod, and the entity known as Luck. What would these worlds do with so much? How would they grow it? How would they maintain it? I posit now that as individuals, nearly none of them care. I knew that when I invoked my right of migration for this task, that the majority of this council found my actions disrespectful, wasteful of the nutrients I have absorbed from our land, disregard towards the teachings inherited throughout generations, ridicule to my warden who was meant to guide me, irreverence to our shared existence. Whereas I have done this taboo in what I deemed an imperative venture to preserve that very existence, they do this on a whim. They would risk everything for a small comfort. They would throw it all away just to even the scales. They would risk destruction to consume us. And yet, they flourish. Personal imprint for those that may come from me. Perhaps the exception to this would be Sir Troth. In the same way we dedicate ourselves towards a shared enlightenment, Sir Troth dedicates themselves to self-sacrifice on behalf of something greater. This heart at the core of our ship, or maybe what speaks to them through it. There is a promising amount to learn alongside them. Lida appears to give their opinions freely, but I posit their true feelings are contained in a very well-constructed cage of contempt. Our people do not know hunger like Lida's. Foe is quick to remind us of what must be done, as if murder to prevent murder is as simple as taking your next breath. They certainly defend that position well. Darilu, our captain, has shown to be a visionary of the most nearsighted kind. While chasing a dream in his peripheral, guiding him in a circle round and round, perhaps the ideal figurehead of this venture. of harmony for about a fleeting moment. <laughs> <laughs> that makes me very happy. 
<laughs> the screaming, not the not. The oh combat. no, it was a great scream. <laughs> the combat is stressing me out. Actually, it's really not. I'm doing it's a ton fine. of fun. I love the idea of the trap singers and their like random dungeon trap effect that they call out toward people. I think that's fun. Mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of fun. It's like a barbershop quartet. Yeah, but of yeah. pain. They're like, you didn't activate my trap card. I activated my own <laughs> trap card. And it's not that they make the tra- It was always there. They just had to call for it to Hell exist. Yeah. I'm very I'm very pleased with my die rolls today. <laughs> They're very good. Yeah, turning around. Mine have definitely taken a sharp turn from being hot garbage ass to being kind of helpful. Except that one. <laughs> turn around. No. So, anyone have any juicy lines from the episode? Oh, I got so, a list of them. Uh-huh. Yeah, let's hear it. All right. I've got just a little guy. No. Hot grease. <laughs> a life wasted. You come at last. <laughs> goblin physiology. This one very similar. The goblin chest. And a hard old man. <laughs> a hard old man. Uh, what do you got? I thought you had something. I do have a couple written down. I as didn't well. have shit. Oh, I was too busy paying attention to combat. <laughs> well, any, anyone else have some funny. good ones, though? <laughs> I'm hopeful here. Uh, the three that I wrote down were Lockalingus. <laughs> that, that was the one. <laughs> Once a trombone. <laughs> and quick wit and hot blood. <laughs> oh, my God. That's oh. the poetic one. Yeah. It's true. It's true. If, if we're talking like one that fits the, the, the episode, I feel like. Uh, Goblin chest. Oh, a, li- <laughs> a life wasted or a quick wit and hot blood. Uh, and if we're going for comedy, I feel like Lockaling is really just. I mean, it's a very dungeony key-based thing, so Lockaling yeah. does it's true. Fit, but mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing two names for a lot. Sure, of them, sure. So, so. I feel like I feel like if we did Lockalingus. We could do Quick Wit Hot Blood, aka Lockalingus. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Beautiful. It's okay. I knew just a little guy came too soon. We'll have to use it eventually. It's also just such a used term, though. Yeah. It's true. It's true. Well, I'm very glad that this fight was in fact quite balanced and not. As hard as I want, but we ain't done yet, baby. Of course, want to Hank. I want to Hank. <laughs> I want to Hank so bad. I want to Hank this hill. <laughs> uh, I want to thank Hedegar the Editor for editing our episodes as beautifully as you do with his magic touch. And I would like to thank Bree Golden for all of the maps that are to come and have become. And all of the uh, custom journal art that she's oh, been doing. Yeah. So for those of you who aren't aware, in in conjunction with the journal entries that we've been doing at the end of the episodes, Bree has been doing journal art for the actual episode covers. In order to see them, some of you might have to actually go to the website and look at the, them there, but they are each in a style appropriate to our character's art style. I can yes. definitely tell you they don't show up on Apple Podcasts. Yeah. I believe they do on Spotify. Nice. Fuck! Yeah, they do on Spotify. They're very good. I've only done one, but I do hope to do more just because they're fun. But Breeze are awesome. They're so cool. I forgot you did one. Yes, I said all of them. Not all of them. Just the Troth one with the silly shipscape. (laughs) And so look forward to more of those and more maps that will eventually come up on the Patreon. Uh, We've just restructured the Patreon, so be sure to check that out and see what it looks like. There's a thank you page on the LUQ website. And uh, until next time, we wish you luck. (laughs) 